first rule in grip sport is you tell everyone about grip sport. You know, crushing, pinch grip, thick bar, wrists. If the best guy in the world can't lift 100 pounds on it, I, I don't give a shit about it. Um, welcome, everybody, to the Grip Show. Um, we have a heavy hands recap. That is a competition me and Ben Helms have been talking about for a while. That was uh, held September 9th in Charlottesville, Virginia. And with me, I have the whole panel here, and it is the top three placers overall. So I have in first place, Eric Roussain. Second place runner-up, Ben Helms. And in third place, Zach Ebel, which is another Canadian lifter, if you guys don't know. He was... Before we got started, he was saying that no one would know who he is. But after this episode, you're going to know who he is, I promise. So, yeah, have no fear. So, uh, yeah, just welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. Thanks. And uh, like I said, it's it's interesting. And I'll just I'll just lead with this. uh, This fact, I guess, is um, I kind of expected for this competition to get uh, more regional or more local support. And when I started seeing your guy's name pop up from Canada, that it was going to actually, I guess, be an international event. I I got like way more excited. It definitely pumped me up. And uh, I just didn't see that coming. What, and, and you guys could, you know, take turns or whoever wants to go at this first. Um, what, what drew you guys to make that trip or, you know, put that one on the calendar and, you know, come, come down to the States and do that. You know what I mean? I, I just, wasn't expecting for me, anybody for me initially. So a lot of, a lot of the events I choose are based on when they're held and the date worked perfectly. Like I didn't have anything else in September. The next one was going to be King Kong at the end of October. I saw your list of events and I mean, they're all strong events for me. So that's helps. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the start, you started posting who's going to be there. And mm-hmm. some of the names were like, well, Ben, I was very, I, I wanted to meet, I want to compete with Ben. That was a big reason. Um, and then the names kept getting at, added early in the summer. It got really exciting. So really it's who was going to be there, what the events were, the date, and it was within driving distance. It was a long drive, but it was, it was okay for me. What about yeah. you, Zach? Yeah, for me, uh, well, Eric was already going down, so, uh, I got to split the gas in the hotel right away. So that, uh, made my decision a lot easier, but the main reason why I actually wanted to go, um, you know, I, 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 didn't know how I'd do in the events. Uh, and based on the roster, I actually wasn't sure I'd place very well, but I was interested in meeting a lot of the people that I've been following on Instagram and social media for a while, like you and Ben. So for me, it was more about, you know, getting to actually meet people in person. Because uh, after going to Olympia last year, I thought that was definitely one of the highlights of the trip was just getting to meet other people in the community and uh, just makes it that much more fun. Yeah, no, def- definitely. Uh, it's definitely one of the best parts about it. Um, and in most of these competitions now, like I feel like a few of them, when I first started, there was like, I don't know if this is maybe me just like getting run down or doing more competitions or, or whatnot. But uh, in like the earlier competitions, it seemed like they would go by faster and then I would have a lot more energy left over. And it's like, yeah, let's do some feats afterwards. And now it's like the last few competitions, I'm like, the last thing I want to do is hang out and lift anything else. I need to get. <laughs> so, I don't know yeah, if anybody else. Yeah, does anybody else feel the same way about that? I I don't know. Um, I, I would say I feel I'm more interested in doing feats if I'm not organizing the event. Because if you're thinking just of the tear down and all the work you're gonna have to do, 
it's less of an incentive stick to stick around and kill another, you know, spend time doing feats. Yeah. So like when I go down to Jed's, I enjoy, you know, 30 minutes of doing feats, but then again, I'm not the one doing all the cleanup. So yeah. <laughs> My hands okay. can't handle it. I I, I, I don't know if it's because I'm laying it all on the line for the competition, but mm -hmm. when we got to the end of the day there, man, I could barely move the inch off the floor. So yeah. And that's uh, you guys are pretty up no problem though. <laughs> that's, that's that's normally like a routine lift for you, right? Yeah, I mean, I can normally pick it up. Maybe not every single time, but I, uh, yeah, my hands were fried at the end of heavy hands. It was definitely a pretty tough event. I mean, that's the inch felt three, four times heavier than it normally does. <laughs> it, it was. I was definitely exhausted after that comp. So yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah, you only okay. mostly cleaned it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. First time, uh, I haven't been able to clean an inch belt doing an attempt, so that was interesting. Really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah that, I mean, that's since you were like, because you were hitting the inch cleans a lot heavier a while ago, and you kind of backed off of them a little bit. But yeah, usually, even post comp, I mean, anytime, even even at nationals, you cleaned it like four or five times, and we're still trying to hit the press. So yeah. Um, that's the first time since you the first I'll say this since you started landing the in, the inch cleans that's the first time I've seen you miss one aside from like trying my 191 pound inch bell but yeah I not I'm not counting that um but uh yeah so um I guess Ben I'm, I'll start with you on this one sure. um going into this competition what uh did you have kind of I don't want to say expectations for yourself, but maybe um, how did you see yourself kind of placing or how were you sizing up the competitions? Like Eric said, when you started seeing those names roll in, what was kind of your mind going? Like, were you kind of analyzing the lifters who was going to win what event? Like what was going through your kind of, I guess, like your, your prediction, you know, for the event. So I'm still, you know, pretty new to the sport. It's been just over a year. So I wasn't really, I didn't really have a strategy going in to heavy hands. Um, I was basing everything off of my training. And during training, I was hitting numbers well over what I was getting at the comp. And it was regularly. Like Andrew's Axel, I was pulling 380 every single time. And Saxon, I was pulling over 270. And uh, the only event where I actually surprised myself was the one-hand nightmare. Uh, I could not break 240 pounds in training. And then at the comp, I got a huge PR. So I think uh, just being a rookie, um, I was expecting to beat what I was getting in training, which is definitely not going to happen. So it was oh, a it, humbling yeah. experience and a good learning experience too, because I know to have a different viewpoint on it. And I wasn't really – focused on everyone else i've always tried to focus on myself try to be the best i can and if i fall short i gave it my all so that that was the type of attitude i had coming into heavy hands okay and then zach you kind of alluded to it a little bit where you were saying you're just trying to get there and meet people um you, you know that kind of thing and you weren't sure about how the lineup would shake up um what were your thoughts going into that competition well, mine was the polar opposite. I was hyper focused on everyone who was there <laughs> because I have the uh, the blessing and the curse of uh, competing and training with Eric all the time. So uh, it's a I almost always get a default second place whenever 
we're in a competition together. So I was looking at the weight categories, and initially, I was at 216 back when we were signing up for heavy hands. And I was trying to get lighter and lighter to be, you know, even more competitive. So I was thinking, you know, 205 pounds, 204 pounds was kind of like within sight. Uh, so I was like, I'm going to try and get to 93 kg and then, you know, compete there, which would have still put me against Eric. Um, so I was kind of choosing. I'm like, do I try and go for second place against Eric or second place against Ben? <laughs> you know, depending on who showed up for the competition. And then, uh, you know, as we were getting there, for, uh, my, my weight got heavier and heavier. So I was more pushing 105 on the border to the 120 category. And that's when I started to think, you know, maybe I should just uh, eat a big meal the night before and have a big breakfast and run in the 120 kg class. <laughs> yeah. I mean, then you, you go in fully fueled and it's not that, like you're yeah. ducking anybody, but you, you kind of say, Hey, instead of me trying to venture into someone else's, uh, you know, weight class, so to speak, it's not like they own it, but you know, you're like, well, I'll kind of just go carve my own path here at 120 for this competition. And cause there's yeah. still going to be an over, there's still going to be an overall. So you can see how you stack up. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, so I, I, I don't think that was a bad move or at least the way everything panned out, it looked like it worked out because you, you lifted, you lifted <laughs> really well. Um, so Eric, did you have any, um, predictions kind of going in or what? I know you said the events were good for you. Um, uh, yeah, did you I, have I, any? I yeah. I, I figured, you know, I figured I, I I do well in the first two events. I, I mean, those were always my stronger events. Uh, I knew Ben was, you know, based on the numbers he was putting up. I, I figured, uh, especially in the axle, I figured we'd be close. The one hand rolling—that was the one event that I thought I had a good shot of winning. Was the one hand rolling handle, even though I'd never, I'd never done the one-handed lift on the napalm's handle. I gotta say, it felt it felt really good. Like I don't know, <laughs> I was surprised once I once I was getting you know north of two fifty. I, I was like, because I, I think you would ask me, Zach a while back what i uh, what i uh, what i predicted and i sort of mm -hmm. guessed maybe in the 230s or maybe 240 or something i wasn't too sure so yeah. um i lifted even more than i thought on that one axel i thought it would be close between ben and i uh i i expected to be in the running for the saxon that's where i was i i was wrong i was wrong i didn't have a i was sort of had an off day on the saxon a little big horn i expected to do well but not necessarily be the first so i knew that this was a good lineup for me uh, I knew that there was a chance I could uh, I could win the overall, but even if I did not, I, th I figured I had a pretty good chance of fin finishing, let's say, near the top, uh, based on the names who I thought were coming, Ben, Jed, Nick, uh, all these people who I, I assumed I knew I'd be right in the mix. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, so we didn't have anybody in the 83 kg class. So if we were kind of to break it down by weight class, um, for this competition, it was an all-male lineup. So we did not have a female competitor. No women's division for this one. Um, that's something I would like to try to get going next year. I spoke to Ben a little bit about that um, before this was, uh, you know, looking to get more um, female participants involved in like a, you know, that way, if we could have like a, you know, we had like the men's champion this year, if we could have enough, uh, you know, a big enough pool for the women's lifters, I would like to do something, you know, just as big for them on the same side and have a, uh, like a overall men's and an overall women's champion kind of thing. So that's something I would like to, uh, I guess just putting that out there for future reference for competition. Um, because like I said, this is something that me and Ben plan to host uh, annually do this once a year. It might not be the same month or same date every year, but that, that, that would be interesting. Like I said, cause we didn't have any female competitors and we didn't have any um, 83 kg. 
but we did have a decent, you know, two to five people in pretty much every other weight class. So it wasn't like anybody was lifting against themselves or didn't have somebody to lift against. You know, it wasn't one of those deals where you just go up and you can pull anything and you walk away with first. You at least had somebody across from you that you had to, you had to kind of contend with. So, um, yeah, that, I, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was pretty good. Um, do you guys want to kind of go, uh, by weight class or do you think we should just kind of go by events or any opinions on that? Events sounds good. Just go by events. Yeah. Okay. So, um, typically and what I'd like to point out here is we started with the one hand nightmare, which is arm assassin handle or part of the napalm system, but it's the one, the one handle. Um, and sometimes you have outliers where the lighter people will, um, you know, there, there's lighter guys that lift bigger than the bigger guys sometimes, but for the most part, especially like this kind of event lineup, the bigger guys usually will pull a little bit bigger and you end up with those, you know, 74, 83 kg guys kind of falling off earlier. And like I said, we didn't have any 83s, but we had some 74s. Um, one thing I would like to note is just, just so I don't forget is with this being rising bar and with some of those lighter weight classes kind of dropping out as the lesser experienced people, or even if they were experienced, but their body weights were lighter as they kind of dropped out. Um, I was really happy with kind of the, uh, the support of the room as far as like the helping of loading plates, the, you know, making sure that, Hey, you know, what's your next jump? What do you want? Everybody was uh, pretty helpful with that. So like I said, I I'd like to give a shout out to a lot of the lighter weight lifters that, you know, maybe they couldn't contend with somebody that's 300 pounds or somebody that's been doing this for 15 years. And uh, for them to kind of, uh, you know, realize that, okay, they're out for that event, but then still be heavily involved and keeping everything rolling and, you know, making that process go smooth. I really, as somebody that's hosting it and looking at a score sheet and Ben's trying to judge, um, I really appreciated that. So I don't know if you guys kind of uh, picked up on that or what your thoughts were. It was, it was smooth sailing. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Vinny and Jay really uh, stepped up on that. They made sure all the plates were right and all that. We really appreciate that. That made everything go really smooth. Yeah. And, and I've had, uh, and I've lifted with Jay at uh, some of the super series events up in Virginia, which was where we were lifting, but I'm down in North Carolina. So I've, I've gone up to Virginia before and competed and done super series events with Jay and, uh, Vinny is from Charlotte, so he's about two hours, uh, yeah, a little, little over two hours uh, west of me. So I've had Vinny over for like my King Kong venue last year and stuff like that. So um, I've, I've lifted with both. You know, I mean, I, I, I've had a chance to lift with both those guys. So um, they, they've always been super nice, super helpful when it comes to, uh, you know, running events, lifting, whatever. Um, so yeah, for this, and that was our two uh, 74 kg lifters. Um, but yeah, like I said, just to give a shout out to them. Cause like I said, the, the lighter guys typically go out first for rising bar and it wasn't like they were sitting around doing nothing afterwards. They were still involved in the competition and kind of invested in everybody else as well. And it, it kept the energy up in the room. So with the, uh, one hand nightmare being the first event, um, this one, this one was pretty interesting. Cause there was a couple surprises in this. And uh, I, I'm just going to say like the one that was the biggest surprise to me. Now, my personal prediction, I thought that Eric would win the rolling handle event. 
Eric does very well at rolling handles. I kind of lean towards him. I didn't think it was impossible that someone could give him a run for his money or that we couldn't maybe see somebody, you know, within five or 10 pounds or maybe somebody tie him. But I did not expect it to be Jason Mikowski. So <laughs> Mad Cow, he he goes by Mad Cow and he was dressed up in like this uh, cow print attire. <laughs> and uh, man, he hit 255 on the uh, two yeah. the two inch one hand nightmare. And it was like every time he went up to lift, I was like, his hand's going to open up and he's going to drop it. And his hand wouldn't budge and he would just lift it to the knock bar. And I was like, okay, did it again. And he just kept doing it. Um, what was going through your guy's head at that time? Because like I said, this is my first time meeting him and getting to lift with him. So I didn't know what to expect, but well, yeah. Funny stories. So uh, Canadian, Zach, Canadian Zach and I had breakfast with him that morning and uh uh, he had told me or someone either he showed me or Zach told me that he, he lifted 233 like on an Instagram video. And I, because I had never touched the handle, I'm like, if he's lifting 233 on this handle, this guy, this guy is strong. Like, So, yeah, uh, that actually shocked me a bit that he should that he had done that you know, just on a little Instagram video. So I figured he's probably going to do well. But, yeah, it was so cool to see to see him go that far. Um, and because his hand is he has long fingers, but very skinny hand you know which is which is actually good for thick bar but um it's it, it was it was surprising to me in fact i was surprised i think there were s- six people who lifted 240 or more i mean that's that's <laughs> that's a big deal like so I, I i was just thought the whole the whole last part of that first event was really exciting because people weren't dropping off at the, at the rate that i sort of expected they would yeah i mean because re- realistically we i mean you have people hanging in there um till 240 and that would be uh Jalen Worley and Bob Crop went up to 240 and they tied there. And then um and Zach. Got this. Yeah, you you and Zach. So you and Zach would have uh dropped out at 245. And then it was kind of uh Jason and Eric from there, you know, that 255 and 260 being the top lift for that one. Um so yeah, but that that kind of uh I mean in a 16 man event to have basically a third of the pack still there at 240 pounds is pretty impressive to me um yeah so i yeah i i definitely agree with that um also i just want to bring up just just for fun like i said these are just little side details that like if you're not there you don't get it but uh i don't know if this was Chaz that started this i just assume because he seems to like he's like the guy that makes the funny memes he, he he's always like he's always doing something and like you know what i mean starting something up but like in a good way um and uh Jason Mikowski goes by Mad Cow online and he had the cow print. So like first event, he pulls really well because he hits the 255. But I don't know if it was the first event or by the time they got to the second event. But like this dude would pull a lift and then everybody would just say moo like a cow. (laughs) So it sounded like they were booing. They were just like moo. Like so I thought that was funny that like most people there had never even met this guy. And like within the first event, he has like his own signature, like fan base, like, <laughs> and they're making moo, they're like making moo noises for the Mad Cow. So I, I, I thought that that was just like an extra thing that just like added to the environment where I'm like, man, like this dude's he's pulled like five lifts and like he's got the crowd with him, you, you know. So that was a, uh, that was cool. I thought that was a good, good, good kind of like environmental thing for the crowd. You know, they were involved. Um, but uh, yeah, is there anything else that kind of stood out on the one hand nightmare? for you guys 
Uh, for me, I don't not so much on the score side, but I never used a, a rolling handle. Like like I'm so used to the rolling thunder, you know, you got to place your hand in the center. Mm -hmm. So I'd never used the uh, the Napalm's Nightmare like uh, rolling handle before. So or at least with one hand. So I'm definitely gonna have to buy a set so I can practice the technique because like because with that handle you can place your hand up against the flange, right? Which I think mm -hmm. gives you or might give you a little bit of a boost, but I wasn't, I didn't quite know how to use that to my advantage really in the competition. So that's just another thing where, you know, if you have the implement and you can practice with it, you might get that much more of an edge over other people you're competing with. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that, yeah. That, that, that makes sense because it is, um, it is a different style handle in that aspect. And I had somebody, um, I think, prior to the competition asked me like, can I have my hand on the flange? And I'm like, yeah, you can have your hand up against the flange. Like as long as you're not turning it into a V bar lift or you, there's excessive tilt your hand. I mean, some, some guys with bigger, thicker hands might actually have incidental. I mean, they might be pushing up against it anyway and they can't help it. So with that being said, it's like, even though you're connected to that flange, it moves freely from the frame. So it's not impeding the rolling process. So you might get some kind of like stability in the grip maybe that makes you feel like you're holding it, but it's not like slowing the roll down or anything. And if, if that makes sense to everybody listening, um, but it is a unique handle in that smaller diameter. But once you bump up to like uh, the two and three eighths or the bigger sizes, then you don't have that because it's just the actual right. like tube. So that that's really the only size where you run into that. Uh, okay. Interesting. So uh yeah, so that pretty much put Eric uh, ahead right there. And with Eric scoring 100 points on that event, um, Ben and Zach, you guys were right behind him. So you basically had 94 points, like 94.25. I had 255 on that one. Okay, right? yeah. Oh, sorry. You're right. I, I'm i looking at it in order of the overall. I have the highlighted lifts. Yeah, so he scored a 98. So, yeah, from that event, you and Ben probably would have been sitting third and fourth. And Jason would have been with 98 points right on Eric's tail. So yeah. then we go into the axle. Um, and and honestly, I'm not going to lie. I felt like there was kind of a, a similar thing with the axle here where we talked about five or six people kind of staying in there longer than I thought on the handle. I thought the same thing on the axle because I, I topped out at um, 313, but I think I had a little more in the tank. And really what I was kind of thinking at the time, and I don't know if this was good or bad, but I, I'm trying to keep score. I'm, I'm running the event, so to speak, you know, a little bit. Um, but I pulled 313 and I kind of thought, you know, man, that's a little bit more than what I had been doing in training, but my bar's a little bit slicker and the seasoning was better on this bar. So I'm like, okay, I'm feeling good. 313 was a little bit of a slow rep, but my hands feel fine. Um, I could maybe squeeze out 323. And in my head, I kind of thought, you know, these other guys around my class, I wasn't trying to compete with necessarily like Eric or Ben on this. And Zach, I wasn't sure exactly what you were going to pull on this. But I assumed that after about 315, like I pulled 313, I figured like the, you know, tip, your typical like three plates mark for lifting. I was like, guys are going to start dropping off on a two and three eights axle. They just, it's going to happen. And I kind of passed because I pulled a successful 313. I never went back up to try anything heavier. I just kind of was like, I'll just kind of save it for Saxon because I don't think anyone's really going to run this one up very high on me. And uh, I probably should have went ahead and maybe tried at least 10 pounds more and 
you know, put something a little higher on the board because I gave up some points on this one. And uh, we had one, two, we had like seven guys lift over 338 so close to 340 pounds um almost half the lineup so when that happened i was kind of like in the same place we were with the rolling handle like man there's still five guys here at 240 pounds on this handle with the axle it's like we're hitting like we're starting to get into the mid threes and half the group's still in it so um i think that's a testament to the level of competition that was there um, I don't know if anybody else has any thoughts on that, but it kind of struck me the same way. I did not expect to see people going, you know, three thirties and up and keep pulling, you know, a couple of reps, but yeah. Anybody I mean, have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I was expecting big numbers from people that arm wrestle and also some of the heavier guys, because there's a lot of wrist and forearm with Andrew's axle. And like, I've noticed when I started getting bigger numbers on Andrew's axle, I would tuck my wrists like this. So I would lock in my forearm. And then if I could get it past my knees, my grip could hold the rest because my wrist would eventually straighten out at the top of the lift. So I was expecting, you know, people that arm wrestle to usually do pretty good at that. Eric, you, you arm wrestle, right? Yeah, I arm wrestle, but in thick bar lifts, I don't use my wrist. I'm, I'm like grabbing straight down. So I can't attribute my, uh, my wrist strength for a lot of thick bars. I think it's just the size of my hands. I just, it, I feel I don't need to. Um, but I, what, what I will say is I really, really, really love the finish or, or the seasoning of that bar because I was not, I was not uh, lifting those numbers in practice on my bar. Uh, it was slipping out significantly lower weight, but uh, so it was a pleasant surprise. Well, and that's, uh, that, that might be a benefit to that bar sitting out in uh, Ben's humid garage there in Virginia. Yeah. And it's just a lot of humidity, a lot of moisture. And the fact that, I mean, Ben, you were probably pulling on that bar. I mean, weekly for a year, maybe sometimes more. Right. I mean, you were, you had hands on that specific bar quite a bit. Right, Ben? No, not too long. It definitely wasn't a year. Um, wasn't a full year. No, I've okay. had that bar maybe six months. Okay. But I'm saying like, ever since you got it, you pretty much like put away the two inch axle and you were, you were on Andrew's axle kind of regularly, right? Or am I crazy on that too? No, you're you're close to that. Yeah. Once okay. I pulled that yeah. that five hundred on Iron Mind's axle, I kind of put it away and then went to Andrew's axle. But I probably had Andrew's axle maybe a month or two prior to that. So I wasn't really training Andrew's axle that much. I really started getting big into it when I was trying to increase my uh double inch lifting reps. If I could do a horizontal pull, then doing the double suitcase would definitely improve on that. So that was the main reason. But once heavy hands had the axle in there, I really started training it and taking yeah. it more serious. That, that, that was my main point with that is it just wasn't like sitting in the corner collecting dust. Like no, th no. Th th there was hands on it yeah. and it was getting chalked up and it was like, yeah. Even when you weren't touching it, it was probably humid in there and, you know, kind yeah. of rusting up a bit. Just like the uh, little bighorn, um, you guys would have definitely pulled bigger numbers on it. Uh, I made the mistake. The seasoning was exactly like Andrew's axle on little bighorn, but I left it in my truck overnight preparing to haul everything for the next day. And I had my window cracked and it rained really hard and the, the whole cab filled with dew and the seasoning was just ruined on it. So I was trying to, uh -huh get it back to where it was but it just wasn't there 
well, it was, it was still pretty good. <laughs> it was still pretty good. Yeah, I messaged Zach about yeah. it. I was freaking out. I was like, oh, no, I just ruined everything for Little Bighorn. And... <laughs> on the Little Bighorn, I know we're kind of jumping ahead, but I hit a 30-pound PR on that. <laughs> That's great. Just, yeah, so great. You, pulled, you pulled a big lift on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, if I, I guess just sticking with the axle for, for right now as I go up, um, what uh, – what really kind of impressed me with this one was, like I said, was uh, John Fulber and Jason. So Mad Cow again, um, three uh, three thirty three for Jason and three thirty eight for John. And I thought th- th- those were polls that I wasn't necessarily sure that that they would do. And they really were very technical, um, especially John. John was like a tactician, very very technical very dialed in, very focused. And every lift was like, I mean, it, it just seemed like not, not only was he mentally into it, but like, I mean, he was just in sync. Like his feet were in the right spot. His hands were in the right spot. When he, when he, when things needed to fire, they were firing for him. So he was very like dialed in. Um, so Jason and John both pulling really well on that. Um, and and then, Jason, Jason, Jason needs, just needs to work on his, deadlift strength because his hands are his hands can, can lift much more than 338 333 did you guys yeah. see him lift the inch dumbbell i mean it looked at the end yeah yeah it, it looked like a toy when he picked it up because yeah. i think he lifted it before the competition even too yeah he um, did and it, yeah it's just super easy so yeah i think that that would be something for uh jason moving forward is his hands aren't really going to be his limiting factor he's one of those guys that could benefit from probably upping his overall body strength. And when you get that pairing of that stronger body kind of meeting with the freakish grip that he has, he could definitely um, cause more problems for people than he already is because he, like I said, you get those stars to align for those two things. He's there's not a whole lot of lifts that he couldn't do well with some time. I think he'll, I think he'll perform real well. Um, And then to go with that, I just kind of want to like go as people are kind of falling out here. Um, Bob crop, which was our super heavyweight. Um, he also bowed out at three thirty eight. Um, Bob was a strong guy, man. Um, Bob pulled a lot of lifts that impressed me too. So, I mean, I'll, I'll spend some more time kind of talking about some of the lifts he did, but you know, I had never met Bob until this competition and I, you know, I'd never seen him lift. So I didn't know what to expect. You can tell he's a big guy. He's strong. I mean, you can just see it, but sometimes that doesn't translate to performing well on a certain grip lift or a certain handle. Um, you get really big, strong guys that are, you know, they can deadlift a lot. They can bench a lot. They can do whatever squat a lot, but you put a handle or a specific thing their way. They're not the best. And uh, Bob kind of ran through everything. I mean, Saxon included, the dude was pulling strong. So I, I was impressed with that, but he fell out at three thirty-eight. Now it starts getting a little bit closer here with the, uh, the top four. So I kind of want to, because I have three of the top four with me, I kind of want to talk to you guys about kind of what was going through your mind through these jumps or through these attempts, you know, what, you know, you're thinking like, man, am I going to miss this next lift or man, so-and-so got that now I'm up, you know? Uh, so Jalen Worley hit 358. Did any of you guys take 358 that you can remember? I can't remember. I might have. Okay. Aaron, I, don't did think, you take- I don't think, I don't think I did. Okay, so may- maybe you guys sat that one out and kind of. Uh, I think I took, that one. I took a lot of attempts. 
on that axle. Okay. So uh, W grip or Jalen Worley, um, he ended up hitting 358. And then that would bring us to our next jump, which would have been a five pound jump up to 363, 363 pounds. And uh, Ben and Zach, that's where you guys tied. Do you remember who pulled first on that one? Like who, who was up on the platform first? That's a good question. I have to say, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I wasn't sure if one of you had seen the other one lift it, and you're like, oh, well, now I got to do this. Like, and then, well, then, you know, I, I didn't have to put some pressure on. What I could say is because I was, uh, I was pretty focused on the 120 kg class. Mm-hmm. So Jalen and I were kind of going all opposite each other. Yeah. So, which I think was both of our strategy. We were both hoping to just get five pounds more than the other person and then hoping that they would probably miss the, the next lift up. Um, but that was pretty interesting for me because Jalen did like no warm ups. He just, <laughs> he just yeah. starts going at heavy weight basically. So I, it was kind of difficult for me to strategically pick my jumps because it was like, okay, when's Jalen going to start? <laughs> yeah. And, and that can make it tough if, if a guy's kind of sitting out because, uh, I don't know, they just know they can do a certain weight or they warm up differently. And you're not getting, you're not like kind of seeing them struggle at all, or you don't know when they're coming in. And you're like, man, like, should I open now? Like I'm getting close to these numbers. And there's a little bit of a psychological game. I think that can, that can be played there, especially when you have someone of similar strength. Um, Those five pound jumps back and forth can really, uh, can really make a difference. So um, Ben, I know you said that you were hitting, you know, almost 380 every training session. So you knock out this 363. Was your next jump 373? It was, but I was originally going to do a five-pound jump, and then Eric and Zach came up to me, and they wanted to do a 10-pound jump, and I kind of fed into the ego there, and I was like, sure, you guys want to do it? I'm going to do it. Sure, let's do it, and I think (laughs) it kind of bit me in the ass there because when I train, it's five-pound jumps. Put a five-pound, you know, uh, I was going to word that wrong, but five-pound jump, and then go up from there. And I think the 10 pound jump threw me off because the way I pull on the axle, you know, with the curled wrist, I think it fatigued my forearms too fast. And uh, that's where, when I made my post uh, the other day, talking about Eric and that awesome clutch performance he had, that strategy there uh, I think was pretty big on axle. I think uh, me feeding into y'all's 10 pound jump got me and it was awesome. I thought it was cool, man. So I, it was a good learning experience there. So I need to kind of tame myself a little bit, be like, ah, I'm going to do this five pound jump because the little jumps over time are better than doing yeah. a heavier jump with some time in between. Right. right. I got that to makes sense. A little better because that 363 felt great. I mean, it came right up. Um, it was a good lift. Yeah. It, lo- it looked, it looked solid. Yeah, it, I didn't feel any slip. It felt solid. The pull was fast. So I was like, okay, yeah, the 10-pound jump, let's do it. And it wouldn't budge, so. I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, right? Like I yeah. find personally, well, especially when it comes to grip, it goes from feeling possible to impossible very Absolutely. quick. I know when I was doing uh, the axle at uh, uh, Olympia last year, uh, I did 396. And the most I'd ever done before on a two-inch axle was 400 pounds. Uh, so 
I probably should have split my next lift, but I went up another 10 pounds and the next lift was like 407 or whatever. And, and of course I got confused and I, I, I shifted to the wrong side and all that stuff and I didn't get my next lift, but it, it's just one of those things. I think, you know, the, the more you compete and I still struggle with it. I, I end up taking two large jumps here and there, but, but yeah, the more, you know, your numbers in advance, I think it, it helps. But for me personally, I find I don't have the endurance to do a bunch of small jumps. So I personally like to do the bigger jumps. Um, cause I find I'll just get, uh, too burnt out and I won't be able to do more lifts. Even after, after next year. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you you say you favor uh kind of the the bigger jumps but not the same jumps that Jalen's doing not that big no not at Is all he, like he, i typically try and do, like my strategy I, I i get my pr going into the competition on the lift if i can i'd never done the andrews axle so i didn't know what i was going to lift going into this before um but what i try and do is basically say okay what's my rough pr make that one attempt, try and get like a, a lock-in attempt before that. And then once I've met my PR, every single attempt after that. Mm-hmm. That's my typical approach. Um, but everyone's different. Like Jalen, he, he does like two attempts <laughs> just based on his slow twitch uh, power, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, everyone's different. All right, Zach. So for you now, you pulled that same uh, 363 and you're you're calling ten pound jump. How did three sixty three feel to you on that axle? And oh, what great. were you? And what were you thinking going into three seventy three? Like this is in the bag. I got it. Um, I thought I was going to beat Eric. Honestly, <laughs> I uh, I think I even shouted in competition. I said, "Don't let me beat you, Eric." <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that. I, I, uh, I'm pretty certain you were going to get that ten pound jump because that three sixty three moved so fast. Yeah, yeah, man, he's gonna get that. I'm gonna place third here on this. <laughs> I got lucky tying. Went from yeah. easy to impossible. Yeah. So with uh, with Ben saying that maybe that ten pound jump, maybe the turnaround time, um, kind of burned out the wrist aspect for him. What do you think kind of caused that three seventy three to get heavy for you, Zach? Oh, it's a good question. I actually haven't been doing any heavy deadlifts for like five months. So mm-hmm. I, I haven't really been training the lift at all. I think maybe the heaviest deadlift I did was probably back at stage one for arm lifting where we did the blue fat grips. Yeah. Um, so, and that's mainly because I, I injured myself actually before stage one. So I'd been kind of, uh, you know, basically putting deadlifts to the side or at least, you know, from the ground lockout deadlifts. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually really hoping a lot of people would do worse on this event. <laughs> it was my my biggest concern is uh, I was hoping most people would do around 300 and then maybe I could strategically, you know, just do like yeah. 305. And, yeah, and me tap. too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, right? that's kind of what I was thinking. And then we kept getting up to, like I said, like 313 and I pulled that and I was like, ah, that wasn't. I got the lift. It wasn't an easy lift, but I also, like I said, I don't think I spent everything I had on it. And I was like, ah, most of these dudes, they're probably going to start dropping three twenties, whatever. I'm just going to save it. And maybe I got a, a bigger Saxon in me today. And they just kept going up like another 20, 25 pounds. And I was like, man, um, drop points on that one. Like, yeah, you better pull a real big Saxon now because you just dug yourself a pretty good hole. <laughs> um, but uh, well, I, I knew I had to push myself as hard as I could on the axle. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because my Saxon's my weak point. Like I did, I hit a, actually I hit a PR in every lift I did at uh, heavy hand. So that was awesome. Uh, but even still my Saxon's relatively uh, like weak comparatively. So mm -hmm. I, I, I had to try and go all out with the axle to make up for it. Okay. And then Eric, so you see these guys miss 373. I, I did they go did they go before you and then you followed I, them or did you knock I think I, I think I, I, think I would have gone first I was uh okay. I generally yeah. prefer to be first if I if I'm able to um so I I believe I lifted it first okay so that kind of put the pressure on them though because they're coming off of yeah. a heavy did you do 363 as well or did you go I did like I, yeah I think I did I was doing 10 pound jumps at that point yeah okay so yeah. you kind of nail 373 that puts the pressure on them they drop out are you how are you feeling about that 373 lift? Are you feeling confident I, to go up another 10 to kind of pour on some more points there and put a, you know, put a bigger gap between you and them? Yeah. So for the thick handle stuff, whether it's one hand or, or, or two hand, because it's less of a friction lift, you know, there is some friction in thick bar, but it's more, Yeah. I, I, I can really sense how my body's feeling. And I'm like, okay, I, pr I pretty much know what I have left in the tank. Uh, not so much on other events that are a lot more friction based where, you know, you can be unlucky. And anyway, so the way the 373 felt, I'm like, okay, if this was reverse strongman scoring, I would stop right here <laughs> yeah. because I would have maxed out, but it's not. So I might as well try and get as many points as I could. And I did feel confident that I could get 383. I did not know that I'd be able to do 278 and then 383. So I just said, what? I've already I've already got a ten pound lead on this one, but let's try and make go twenty, and then I got it. Uh, but I I knew right there that 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 was my limit, so I didn't I didn't go any further. Yeah, and that and that was an awesome lift. I think that I mean, granted, a lot of times sometimes the uh, the top lifts are people's favorites. That's I mean that that that's kind of a natural thing. But uh, that three eighty three was one that kind of stood out to me as one of my favorite lifts of the competition, just because it was. Uh, I, for, for that specific event, it was the nail in the coffin, and um, it, it really kind of put set you apart right there because you had two event wins. Um, right. And uh, this is so, just something else I'd like to bring up real quick is, uh, you know, a lot of people on a two-inch axle will shoot for like a double body weight, and I understand that this lift wasn't a, a, a double body weight lift for Eric, but, I mean, he pulled 383 or a little over 383, and... Eric, I'm going off memory here, but I think you weighed in around 201 pounds or 202. Uh, yeah, 203. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was like right there. It was a couple yeah. pounds under the limit. Um, yeah. And like I said, now is that 400 pounds that you lifted? Not quite. You're a little bit off, but like you're in striking distance of a double body weight lift on a two and three eighths axle. That's a big deal because, like I said, that's a goal for a lot of people on a two inch axle. So <laughs> that's that was a special lift to see. It didn't, it did, I was thinking about that, it did feel like it would be possible. I don't know if that'll get there, but it felt, it didn't feel mm -hmm. impossible. Okay. Yeah. And now, Eric, for you, kind of, uh, kind of having a close, uh, you know, couple point lead on the first event, you kind of gained some bigger ground because Jason took second to you on the handle, but then you put about 50 pounds between you guys on the axle. So then that kind of drops down. Whereas Zach and Ben were about 15 pounds off on the handle. And then you put another 20 pounds. So that puts you out to a, I don't want to say a comfortable lead because with 
any grip lineup, things can things can shake up pretty quick. But what was going through your head kind of nailing those first two events and kind of putting a, a little bit of a, a space between you and the others? I mean, I definitely felt I felt good. I, I did by no means felt, felt that I had the contest locked, but it definitely mm-hmm. it's a good feeling. I, can, I can't deny that. I knew that mm-hmm. I sort of uh, the first two events went as well as they could have for me. So, I mean, that's all I can really hope for. Okay. And then um, I'll go to Ben on this one. Because like you said, you had been pulling, um, you know, 380 on the axle and training. And then to, to, for your words, you would say you underperformed on the axle, you know. Now, yeah. as you're going into this third event and you know that you didn't win either of the first two events, but you also know you've been pulling a really big Saxon. Did you have any like, uh, I guess, like any like apprehension? Did you kind of think like, well, my axle was up higher in training and, and it didn't go how I thought. Maybe my Saxon's going to be the same way. Or did were you able to block that out and just say, you know what, I, I just got to pull what I can pull and my Saxon's been going good. That, that you know, the axle messed up, but the Saxon, I'm going to make it make up for it. You know, what were, what yeah. were you thinking? It, it was kind of like that. Uh, I had, uh, I was hoping for 265 uh, for that, for that day. Um, I knew that, you know, I I was probably going to get a big number that day anyway. Saxon, I have this, like, weird ritual thing I always do. It's the same thing with blobs, sort of. But I'll, like, start my hands like this, and then I just work my way in to find a good friction point. And once I feel that point, I know if I've hit this in training, it's not going to drop. Like, it, it's locked in there. So uh, once I got the – let's see. So it was – once I got the 251, instead of doing the five-pound jump, I went ahead and did the 10-pound jump because I knew if I can get that friction point again, I'm going to land it. So, yeah, I was I was pretty confident in that. Uh, once Eric dropped out, I was like, okay, now it's time to crunch, try and catch up as much as I can, and then fingers crossed on a little bit more. And so, but yeah, that that was the mindset. I started really focusing on getting the biggest gap I could. Okay, and then uh, for you, Eric, in this uh, situation, you jump up to the uh, – like we said, it, it's a good thing to kind of how those first two events went for you. It's a good thing to jump out and, you know, win two out of two. I don't think anybody would ever complain with that. But then this third event, um, did you pull two uh, – what, what did you end up pulling? 221? 221, yeah. 221, 221 pounds for the Saxon. Um, once you see Ben start hitting 231, 241 – um, is there anything going through your head? Are you thinking kind of like, man, oh, sure, I'm doing, sure, I'm doing the math. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I think once he got to 250, I'm like, okay, he's he's pulling ahead, and now now I just wait and see how much ahead he gets, and then I'll see what what I'm gonna have to pull off, uh, what type of ground I'm gonna hopefully be able to to make up for in the little big horn. But yeah, and the, the way the bar was going up, I'm like, man, I <laughs> I was wondering how big a lead he would get, but because he, yeah, it, it, anyway, it made for a very exciting contest. Well, and I was going to say with, uh, with you doing so much data entry and statistics and everything else, like for these competitions, running your own competitions, um, all that stuff. Um, would you say that just kind of crunching numbers all the time is kind of a benefit for you in these competitions? Because if I was in your position, I would probably be able to tell that like, okay, I'm behind, but I just feel like you would be more dialed in and more in tune with the numbers to know like exactly what you need. 
So, I mean, how much do you feel like that, the years of uh, competing with the, you know, just the different numbers and data entry? I don't know. I don't know if it's, I don't know if okay. it's so much a data entry or, or competing. It's just, I have a mathematical mind. Zach probably is the same way. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm very attuned to what the numbers are and, and, uh, and I'm doing the math yeah. in my head and it helps that I was helping with the spreadsheet because then I could actually see what the numbers were uh, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I'm always trying to calculate sort of where, where I am relative to, to the rest of the standings. Yeah. And I, I usually do a, a decent job, but I, I'm sure it's probably not to the extent that you do. So I think that's something I could work on in the future. Not that I was in the running for this competition, but I'm saying like in future things that I'm competing in, um, just adding that to kind of your arsenal, just being able to pay attention to the numbers, seeing seeing what the rest of the field's polling and kind of knowing what you need. I mean, obviously you have to lift more technically, but when you get to a point right. where like, you know, you're going to get beat on a lift and yeah. you have to kind of rebound, what's this next thing look like? Kind of being able to, not that you're predicting the future, but you know what it takes to win if you're going to have to, you're going to have to pull a certain number if you're going to pull this off or, or else you're not going to place. Um, so like I said, I think that's a an interesting aspect to bring up is just, uh, being in tune with the numbers and understanding what's going on and kind of looking ahead to that next lift to know exactly, you know, what kind of jumps do I need to take now? You know, that the, maybe the tides kind of switched a little bit. Um, Zach, how did you feel um, after Saxon? Cause you said you pulled a PR there. Yeah. I mean, mixed feelings for me because uh, PR, I, I think I did two sixteen. Yep. Um, yep. So that was uh, good because the last time I did Saxon, I didn't even break 200 and uh, <laughs> I'm typically a pretty calm, cool and collected guy, but I was uh, furious after not uh, <laughs> breaking 200 in my stage two competition. And I think I learned from it though. Um <laughs> You know, I, I, I've been trying to reduce my range of motion as much as possible with that lift. It's like very narrow grip, very wide stance, but the narrow grip was working against me. Uh, at stage two, I, I did two lifts where the whole bar just tilted on me and yeah. and I lost the lift. So uh, I got a bit of a wider uh, grip now. And, you know, I, I Eric and I talked about this, but we're, we're both, I would say, we walk up to the bar, we grab it, <laughs> we lift it. I think I need to spend a lot of time just focusing on what I'm doing. Is there small things I can do to en enhance my lift rather than just walk up to it, grab it, and, and pick it up off the ground? So I think if I can dial in some of that stuff, maybe I can get my numbers up. And I'm hoping to work on that uh, over the next couple months. Yeah. And, and that totally makes sense. And what you're saying there is interesting too, with the Saxon bar, because generally, I mean, if we're talking like a snatch grip, no one's pulling a snatch grip on Saxon. That's insane. Right. Um, but there is a certain point where you get to kind of like, there's an optimal range. And generally that's with people's hands closer together. It's tighter to their body. They're, they're kind of locked in. But like you said, if you go too narrow, any little give in the bar is magnified because of that leverage, that weight, that, you know, the, the distribution of that weight is farther away from your hands, one little slip on one side and it's, it's going, you know? So I, th I think for, for you, like you said, kind of uh, not going too narrow and finding a happy medium is probably something to, I, I guess, stay up with and kind of pay attention to that. And I think like as strong as you are with some of these things, I'm um, in the future. I think two sixteen is no problem for you. And I, I'd probably look, you know, two twenties, two thirties, you know, very, very That's soon. 
<laughs> so the, um, the, the Saxon, the Saxon for me was a very frustrating event. This actually this year, okay. like a year ago at world world arm lifting uh, in December, I lifted 253 in contest in April, in March and April at the Arnold's and at Kane nationals, I was in the mid two forties. Uh, then in stage two arm lifting, I got 230 and this one, I got 221. I was like, I can't really figure it out. But one, one thing I did notice is the seasoning on all the events at heavy hands was great. But for me, for whatever reason, I was not feeling on the Saxon. I, I could not get that sticky friction point and it was really messing with my mind. Uh, mm -hmm. and so much so that I think my attempt at, uh, 216 or the one before my, my last one. Uh, I was so like worried about not having the friction that I, I lifted it, but with horrible form, I actually tweaked mm -hmm. my back on that lift. I've been having uh, minor, it's something minor, but I've been this week, I've been having a bit of back pain. It's almost gone, but, um, but it just goes to show you normally I am much more aware of what I'm doing, how I'm holding, how I'm lifting, but I was sort of just doing the math. Like this is not going well for me. It's going very well for everyone else. And then I'm just, I just lifted without, concentrating on form uh, and that that hurt me but i have to i have to sort of figure out what it is with saxon because like i said i've normally i'm i'm lifting more so i'll have to anyway i'll have to try and figure out what's going on but uh in any event uh it wasn't a horrible lift it was just below what i expected to lift yeah and i'm kind of in the same boat with you eric i pulled 216 with zach but I've pulled mid two thirties in training all the time, not leading up to this competition. I'll say my sax, my sax has been down since the Arnold. So okay. at the Arnold, I really thought that was an event for me where, and I don't know if it was the weight cut. I was sick like the week before I had COVID or something. So like, the, I'm, I'm not one to make excuses, but like I, I had, you know, a lot of travel driving eight hours up there cutting weight. I was sick. So it, I, I don't know what to attribute it to. Um, but I pulled 209 at the Arnold and I mean, it felt like it was an empty bar and then I dropped 220 the next lift. And I was like, what the hell is going on? This is embarrassing. Like I lift so much more than this because the super series prior to that, I had pulled like 232 and I had broke like 240 off the ground. So I'm like, I'm a two thirties lifter, you know, like yeah. And to pull 209, that's a warm up that felt good. And then 220 just like didn't happen. And then I went to a, uh, EOGC with uh, Mike Saffle and Jason Denji. And I kind of had the same, like, not that it's like a psychological thing, but I had the same thing. I pulled 210 pounds. Yeah. It's a warm up. I'm like, okay, we're good for 230 today. 220 doesn't come up. And yeah. this competition was a little bit better, but I kind of felt that same thing where I'm like, I'm about 10 or 20 pounds off of what I could really be capable of. And this is a lift that, you know, ideally I would like to make big points up on, or this is where I could gain some ground and, it wasn't there for me. So I, I just had to kind of pull what I could pull and uh, go on to little bighorn, you know, which isn't really a, a specialty of mine either. So Saxon is like not a specialty, but it's a stronger lift for me. Typically this year, it's been kind of down all year. And then, like I said, going into little bighorn, I'm not wild about that. So I, once Saxon kind of did the same thing to me for like the third time this year, I was like, man, I don't know if I can catch some of these guys that are above me. Like I said, I'm not in contention for the overall, but I was still kind of, you know, um, competing with certain guys like John Fulber or uh, Mad Cow. You know, I'm still I'm still trying to kind of, you know, kind of chip away at those guys with some of these events. And, you know, the thick bar didn't really go my way. The handle was all right, but the axle they kind of, you know, killed me on. 
So I was like, well, on Saxon, I'll make it up. And that, that didn't happen either. Um, so one other thing I'll point out real quick for uh, Saxon is if I'm looking at the sheet correctly, um, Bob Crop to bring up our super heavyweight lifter at the competition again, uh, he pulled 246 yeah. for the second highest lift. That, uh, I don't know how many competitions Bob has done, but I, I want to say he's relatively new. Yeah, and I think then, this was his. I think you said this was his second contest. So. Okay, so he he might have done a competition with like Michael Dalton or something. I think yeah. they trained together and they yeah. lift. So I'm I'm sure, I'm sure you know Michael Dalton knows how strong he is, or he's seen some things in training, you know. But uh, or that first competition that maybe he did. But yeah, for for your second competition ever to put up two forty six yeah. on a three inch Saxon, I was impressed with how he lifted, and uh, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. But yeah, so I mean he took he took second place in that event. And, you know, that's uh, – and, and in that lineup, that's that's nothing to – I guess, you know, that, that's no joke. So I figured I would at least mention mention that lift. Um, and uh, John as well, this is his second – he's getting consistently in the 235, yes. 240 range, and he's, you know, he's not a heavy guy, so it's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, John um, – I and I spoke to John about that at the event um, where he basically just said, you know – not that what he did at the Arnold was a fluke, but that he basically, you know, he wanted to kind of uh, prove that it wasn't a fluke because he tied at, at the Arnold. Um, John Fulber lifted in the 90 kg class, which is 198 pounds. He was in the open division on Sunday and he lifted more than anybody in the pro division at his weight. So he pulled 242 on Saxon, which tied Tanner Merkel's 90 kg record. So at 90, 90 kilograms, uh, Tanner Merkel and John Fulber hold the Armlifting USA Saxon three-inch record. They they share that. So John coming in, and I want to say he, uh, from going by memory, I don't think he made a, a small five-pound jump because it's kind of like, okay, I've already pulled 240. I think he went 10 pounds, and he tried uh, 246 after that. But he pulled 236 perfect and, I mean, locked it out. There was no doubt. It was a strong lift. And uh, yeah, just to kind of go off what John was saying, you know, just to kind of uh, to prove that that's not a fluke. I, I think he definitely did that. I don't think it's a fluke. I think he's that good. Um, so yeah, a huge lift for him um, or, or duplicating another huge lift. So it seems like, like I said, and John surprised me on Axel as well, but to keep that Saxon up there, um, similar to his Arnold pull. And like I said, had he made the next jump, I mean, that would be new territory for him probably, you know, pulling 246. He was right there behind Bob. So um, good that you mentioned that Eric, because yeah, John, I, I knew John had a really good Saxon going in, especially for a lighter weight. And uh, that was something I was kind of keeping my eye on just like I said, for the overall um, anything else on Saxon to kind of mention anything stand out to you guys. Actually, I, I do have one I'm going to bring up. Uh, and I don't know, you guys probably know where I'm going with this or, you know, maybe a little bit, but uh, Chaz strange. Okay. Chaz Strange, he set a PR at 221. So for him, uh, me and Chaz have a thing where we will shit talk each other and we talk trash back and forth. Um, we had a thing for U.S. Nationals where it was like, I was, I'm originally from Ohio where Jason Dingy's at and stuff, you know, so it was like me and Jason Dingy are team Ohio and him and Jed are team Pennsylvania. And, and we created like just this, you know, just screwing around and we're joking. So I, I gave Chaz... Uh, 
so much trash talk about him dropping this green inch dumbbell during medley at nationals like months prior i was just like in his head talking trash to him and sure enough like i almost felt bad because when we got to the medley sure enough the bell just rolled out of his hand he couldn't do anything with it and it was a bell he had lifted before when he was fresh but i had just like been talking trash and this was back and forth it's like friendly trash talk but um before the saxon event we were still pretty close um, because he kind of stay, he stuck with me on the axle a little bit and he was joking with me saying, you know, I'm on your heels, I'm on your heels. And I was like a little overconfident because I'm like, you know, we're getting ready to do Saxon, right? Like my Saxon's a lot better than yours. Like you might be on my heels now, but like, this isn't going to last. Like you're getting Saxon, you know, as soon as we get done with Saxon, you're gone. I'm, I'm about to like blow you out of the water. And he beat me. He set a PR and he beat me. So I have to tip my hat to him. All the trash talk. I told him that on the spot, uh, congratulated him. Good lift. But yeah, I had to bring that up because, uh, uh he said a two twenty one PR and, uh, I didn't see it coming. Like I said, in between that friendly trash talk, I was like, well, even on my worst day, I'm going to put some ground between me and him and this lift. And he showed me up, proved me wrong. So I had to eat my words. Um, so shout out to Chaz for that one. Um, all the stuff I said about the green bell that probably haunted him for months up to this, uh, he got his payback. So <laughs> moving on to uh little bighorn. So this is always one that comes down to texture. Um, Ben, Ben spoke about leaving it in his truck the night before, and he didn't feel like the texture was that great, but I felt like this was the best little bighorn I had pulled on. And I felt like whatever got messed up with the texture, Ben had fixed it or it got fixed during warmups and everything was feeling pretty awesome. Um, it was one of those things for me on this lift that everything felt like, I think like Zach, like you said, basically it's like, okay, this is almost, you know, this, this is easy. And then it's like impossible. It's just like such a quick drop off. And uh, that's how it was for me. I think I literally like, I think I almost did a row with 191 pounds. And I was like, dude, I'm hitting 220 today. And then like barely, you know, like barely got my next jump. And then like 206, I failed. So I was just like, maybe you shouldn't have done it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it was just like glued to my hand for like 191 and 201. That horn was glued to my hand and 206, something happened and it was just gone. It was like all the, all the magic of it, the whatever it was, it was gone. But, uh, Eric, you took a top lift on this at 226 pounds. And that's, I mean, essentially, I you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but you pretty much had to, Ben pulled 206, Zach was at 216. So you guys were all relatively close there. You're, you know, Ben's 10 pounds under Zach, Zach, you're 10 pounds under Eric. Um, Eric, do you know what you needed to pull to win right there? I hadn't calculated exactly but i knew if i beat ben by 10 either either it would just be enough or or not quite but i knew 10 was very very close okay uh, yeah so with that being said you kind of went ahead and pulled up a little bit extra now um ben just curious um what were you pulling on training lead into that it was between uh 225 and 230 regularly I mean, it was, 
don't know, man. The texture definitely got me. But, you know, the other implements, too, I didn't put into consideration. I get out a lot as well. But um, warming up, it was 190 every time. Doing the rows with it, like you said. And, uh, I posted my last Instagram post with Little Bighorn, and I topped out at 235. So I was expecting it at least get – around the 220, 230 range and didn't come close. Yeah. Because I remember, I think your first, I think your first attempt, Ben, was, was it 201? Because I remember you lifted it and you're like, that was the heaviest 201 you had ever felt. Yeah. So, so right there, I saw that you were uncomfortable. Um, But yeah. So, so, because that was your, I think, was that your first attempt? Your first at 201? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty high to, Start. You may have done a warm up before, but uh, yeah, it's not easy while you're running the competition yeah. too, and doing the judging and the refereeing. And I, uh, it, it, this was your first competition you guys ran, or yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I've I've hosted like smaller, like multi venue stuff, like a King Kong, where maybe I have five or six people. Um, but as far as like packing up stuff, having a setup at a like a neutral venue that I've never been to before and having to like yeah. man the computer. Like, yeah. It, it, you know, if it's at like the house or something, my home gym and I have to like write down like five guys numbers, it's, it's not a big deal. But when you have like, basically, I mean, a international competitors, people flying in from Colorado and stuff like that. It's like, there's just the numbers. And like, sometimes while I was sitting there with the spreadsheet, um, I would just, you know, just get to finishing like, you know, my pen, you know, because I'm manually writing it down in case anything happens to the laptop. So I kind of have both going at the same time, just in case I don't know the laptop breaks, something happens, the power shuts out. I want to make sure that I still have all the stats on hand. So I was making sure that everything was pen and paper first. And then when people would kind of uh, top out at a lift, then I would enter it in as a final thing. Um, But yeah, I, uh, there was times where my pen would just, you know, I'd, just be finishing the one lift and I'm already looking up and, you know, someone else is already about to go. And it was just like nonstop, nonstop. And uh, like I said, that was something that was new to me. I I kind of anticipated it, but yeah, I would say another comment too, like grip is very related to your central nervous system, right? So Mm -hmm. stress and all that will affect your performance. And especially if it's not like you're still building those, pathways of running a competition and competing at the same time i know eric has done it probably like a hundred times so he's he's very comfortable running the competition and competing at the same time but i would say that's that's pretty taxing to to do both at the same time plus i I know that there were people volunteering to switch the plates and, and whatnot but you guys were doing a lot of that work during the competition too so you know basically i was saying don't be too hard on yourselves if you can't get if you didn't get the the numbers that you wanted in the competition because I'm sure that that plays a part too. So, anyways, just just yeah, my answer. No, absolutely, and I would. I'm I'm never one like I I could have had a broken hand or something, and I'm not gonna like use that as my reason for why I lifted less. You know, I don't want I don't want to be like, oh, I came in with a broken hand. I I just don't like leaving any excuses out there or anything like that. I just think it's uh. I don't know. It's there's just something about that that doesn't sit well with me when people kind of, you know, say stuff like that, because it's like everybody has to travel. Everybody has injuries. Everybody has something that's going on in their personal life. That's not right. So, you know, that that person that kind of 
those people are out there and I'm not accusing anybody directly, but there's people that, you know, Oh man, I didn't sleep last night. And it's like, well, half these competitors didn't sleep last night. Like, ben, ben, guys... ben, ben hasn't slept much in the last two weeks, three weeks. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so Ben's rolling in on a lack of sleep, but yeah, like Ben's not the type of guy that's going to be like, well, that's why I didn't lift as much on the axle. And you know, you, you don't want to no. have that attitude i, I get um, that and you guys aren't yeah. you guys aren't making those excuses but I, i'm just commenting that but if anything i guess i'm i'm saying it more for the people who haven't run competitions oh yeah you know yeah. maybe if you're gonna run a competition just try and figure out as much stuff as you like you guys did a fantastic job uh, and I, i've i've heard of competitions that did not run nearly as smoothly and you guys were very professional and you had other people helping you with it during the competition too so I guess, you know, to anyone who's interested in running a competition, make sure you've got some help, that you're not going to be doing it by yourself. Um, because, yeah, it's, it will affect your performance, obviously, if you're if you're new to it. <laughs> yeah, we, and, yeah, we went into heavy hands without having plate loaders. Like, we were expecting to do it ourselves. That's when, you know, Jay and Vinny stepped in. That was great. We really appreciated that because yeah. we were going to be loading plates the whole comp. Well, and there were certain times too where like I would I would feel bad that someone else was loading plates at my competition, so I would try to run up there, and Vinny would still like snatch a ten pound plate out of my hand, and I'm like, dude, I'm I'm trying to help you load, man. Like I'm <laughs> I'm okay with it. He'd be like, all right, give me the five, whatever. So you know, I would go up to help and uh, still get plates, you know, pulled out of my hand. So yeah, those those guys were awesome. And uh, but yeah, I still tried getting up there to uh, to load plates every now and then whenever I was kind of caught up on the score stuff and. Uh, I knew we were about to make a different jump or something. I was trying to get out of the chair or walk around or be involved in loading plates. And yeah, I'm, I'm sure that, like I said, I'm, I, I would never use it as an excuse, but I'm sure it takes something out of you, you know, because it, it is definitely a different experience because this is my first time ever running an event where I have that many different people from that many different places that are kind of depending on me to make sure that things are running or depending on us, because like I said, me and Ben were running it together but, uh, but yeah, so I, I definitely, you know, probably had my mind in different places at different times. Whereas normally if I was a lifter, I, I even caught myself doing it a couple of times where like, I, I don't know, there'd be a warm up period or something. And I'd be back, like, just get into a groove talking to somebody for like five minutes. And it's like, hold on, hold on. So-and-so's taking an attempt. And I'm like, okay, like back to the computer. And then I'd like lock myself down. So, um, it, it, it didn't bother me too bad. Um, but yeah, I, it is different than anything I've done so far. So it, it definitely is something to get used to. For, maybe you haven't done it, I guess. So, um, on, so that, on the little, yeah. on the little big horn, I just want to point out that the four of us on this call are the only four who lifted more than 200 on the little big horn. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, that, that is a, yeah, that's a stat. Um, and, and like I said, man, I, I thought I thought I had 220 in me the way the the way that 191 and 201 felt, man. I, I swore like 220. This is gonna be a PR, and uh, it. Like I said 206. I don't know something. Just I was like three inches short. Tried the other hand, three inches short, and I'm like, whoa, we got 30 seconds. Like I just wasted 10 of them in both hands, and I'm like, I I don't know. I don't know if I can dig myself out from this, and uh, there was just nothing there. So. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, all, all four of us did uh, lift over 200 pounds on Little Bighorn. And uh, just, just to slide over um, to the total points now, 
because this is basically before before you do i just want to give a shout out to rob sully he lifted 181 on little bighorn and that was clearly his best lift of the day and you know absolutely and uh so i was i was i was happy for him yeah no that that was a really good lift um yeah so and and for anybody that doesn't know that's rob from uh, vintage weights uh pgh um so um yeah i mean rob rob did really well on that lift and the other thing i'll add to that eric i'm glad you brought it up was he dropped it to start with so he dropped 181 and he came back up to it and pulled that lift off it's hard to come back when you fail a lift like that in in a a crunch 30 seconds Yeah. yeah so um not only was it a great lift but for rob being fairly new to competition and stuff i think this is probably his third competition because i know he did both stages of the super series um and i I competed with him at the the one in ohio up at uh, mike and jason's so i got to see rob lift up there but it seems like from rob lifting up there to rob lifting at our place he's like anybody else i mean you're newer to something you're going to kind of get that like uh i don't say like beginner's luck but you know you beginner skill where you start to uh you know pick up on things and rob i think is an example of doing that because that 181 pole was good. I, he, I mean, he got up to like the 150s, 160s, and I was like, okay, I, I expect him to kind of be out of here by now. And then it was like 171, 170, or 181, and I was like, man, like awesome lift. So I, I, I definitely congratulated him in the moment for it because, uh, yeah, that that one definitely stood out. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm real glad you brought that up, Eric. And uh, anything else on those from anybody else, little, little Bighorn? I thought um, Bob, Bob was probably surprised. He only lifted 166, so I think he dropped in the standings a bit there. Yeah. But uh, that's probably I suspect maybe it was his first time touching it because true a, a strong guy like that is probably more of a technique thing than anything else. Yeah, yeah, that was actually what I was yeah. going to say too about the whole technique aspect. I had never really dialed in much for technique. I was actually. I hadn't even practiced with the little bighorn leading up to this competition. I've got one hanging in my garage that's slicker than anything else <laughs> I use. So I just don't even bother. Um, but I've, I've watched a lot of people, uh, you know, compete. And I see, you know, all the various techniques. And I decided during competition, I was going to try and implement every single one of those. And it, it I actually was... Just looking at my numbers at, at Canadian Nationals, I only did 176, so I think it was actually a 40 pound jump for me, <laughs> nice. just by like, using <laughs> all the technique pointers that everyone uh, else uses. So, so yeah, it's a huge impact on this lift. Yeah, and little bighorn is. I mean, any, any friction lift to some extent is going to be a little finicky, where you might have a you know. I don't know, five or 10 pounds here or there, or even sometimes, you know, 20 pounds difference, but uh, very similar with the Saxon. I think that's something that like Zach, I mean, you're, you're still pretty new, right? I mean, overall to competing and stuff. So some of these numbers you're throwing up on the thick bar things are amazing. And then I think it's just a little bit of a, a little bit of time before the technique on the Saxon really clicks. And like, seems like the little bighorn kind of clicked for you and enough to pull 216. So, I mean, that's <laughs> more than I've ever pulled. So, um, I, like I said, for some of those lifts like that, I think the more the technique dials in, um, clearly like that, I don't want to use the word like, you know, just like raw strength, but like the thick bar, that's there. But on some of these other things that maybe would take a little bit more 
strategy or setup or kind of learning yourself during that lift. Um, I think with more time, you're just going to become more dangerous when it comes to a, an all around event lineup. Um, and, uh, oh yeah. yeah. And, uh, so with all that kind of rounding out for the events that put Eric with a four, uh, so out of four events, if we use a hundred points for the winner, the maximum points you can get would be 400. Um, Eric ended up at 384. So 384 and some change, but Ben, you were right behind him with 380 just to show how close that was between you two. So, um, Ben, you have any thoughts on that? Really? I just think, uh, all around Eric had an amazing performance that rolling handle. I was predicting it before the comp. I was telling Zach, he's going to pull 260. You watch. Oh, really? And, <laughs> yeah, it happened. I was watching your pulls on, uh, the, country crust raptor and i was kind of like relating it to what i could pull i was like this dude's gonna pull 260 just you watch uh, and, uh, and it happened so that was awesome man uh, i got super hyped for that too thanks a lot yeah and then eric what did you think with like basically having a, a four point difference there um i mean i i knew it was going to be close before the contest started right i mean i i i was just excited that it you know, the whole Saxon, what happened on the Saxon made the contest really exciting, right? Because then we mm-hmm. knew, all right, Eric's not running away with it. Now he has to, you know, it's tight. So, uh, you know, obviously I'm thrilled to, to finish with the win, but um, it was, it is, it's a lot more fun to win a contest that's close than to, to go into a contest knowing you're going to win. You know what I mean? So I really, Absolutely. really enjoyed the experience. Yeah. And I, I think the fact that it was close, um, because Zach, you weren't too far off. Like I said, I mean, you're like 13. There's a, there's a little bit more of a gap, you know, like Ben's at 380 for the points. You're 367. Then Jalen's 358. So like there, there's a little bit of room between those once it starts getting there. Um, but still with the way this sport is and the percentage based scoring um, one or two fumbles here and there, or one or two guys hit a PR. And I mean, 10 points is really nothing when you really, when you really look at it. So um really a close competition. I would, I I will point out one more thing, at least on the scoring side here is that uh, five through eight was insanely close. And I was on the bottom and I was on the losing end of this battle. Um, uh, Fifth place to eighth place for points was 348, 346.2, 345.9. So between Jason and John, that's what point three. That's not even a a full point. I mean, that's fracture. I mean, that's like the it's like a two and a half pound you know plate on a different lift or something. I mean, it's it's crazy how close that is. And then I had three forty one, so three forty eight, three forty six, three forty five, three forty one. Um, that little bunch up right there. If anybody had really lifted, you know, maybe give or take 10 pounds or made or missed a lift five through eight could have probably shuffled up anyway. I mean, and like I said, I, I ended up eight. So I kind of, I got the, the, the losing hand on that one, but uh, yeah, like maybe if I had pulled a two thirty sacks and I'm, I'm, you know, looking a little bit better up the list, but not this time. So I just wanted to point out that it was close because like Eric said, you know, you want those competitions where, 
you don't know who's going to win. You don't exactly know who's going to come in what place. You want it to go down to kind of the wire or these lifts matter. You know, no one wants to be pulled on an implement and you're like, well, by event two, he already won. So I think that was, uh, even though a lot of us, and I, I can't necessarily speak for the other guys, but for some of us that maybe were battling outside of that top five or right behind the top five, um, I was kind of viewing it that way. I mean, just as close as probably the, the way Ben and Eric and Zach, you guys felt at the top there, those last couple lifts, you know, really, really key. Um, that's how I felt. And yeah. I was like, you know, trying to get, you know, any little five pound jump or make up ground on Saxon and little big horn. When I was waiting, I was waiting for some of those guys that I knew were ahead of me to kind of like drop out. And I was going to start, you know, gaining some distance back, but uh, just wasn't enough. Um, I'd kind of, like I said, just didn't, didn't have the best day, but that's, that's competing. And uh, I just appreciate everybody that came out and just how um, energetic everybody was, how close the competition was overall. And uh, I don't know. Is, is there anything else like just overall? Cause like we could get into like the post-competition type stuff. Um, yeah. I'd, like, I'd just like to, to point out that I was looking at the, the weight class results and okay, um, in uh, the, yeah. in every weight class, with with the exception of the super heavyweights, no one won all four lifts. So it goes to show you that every class mm-hmm. was relatively tight, right? No one won yes. all four. Uh, so that was really nice. I thought that was really interesting to see because oftentimes there is a, a Harry Talonan or someone who just <laughs> wipes the board. But uh, it goes to show that I think that's a maybe uh, comments on the the quality of the choice of events. You know, it's not just one person who's going to win everything. So I thought that worked out really nicely. That that's a really good stat, Eric. Is uh, yeah, just anytime you see somebody that just has a sweep. I mean, sometimes there are those guys that are just that good, but you know, it's and, and Eric, I know you had an off day, but it's like, or for the uh, I said off day, one event, one but, event. But, <laughs> it's but yeah, that we get a Zach Evil day where you get PRs and records and everything. So <laughs> yeah. I know Ben Ben's in the same camp as me. He he was probably happy with one or two lifts, but not all of them. I was happy with three of the four. So. Yeah. I'm not going to be, it's rare yeah. that you're happy with all four. Of your yeah. Teams. I, 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 I kind of like just messed yeah. up saying that I, I didn't yeah. mean like an off day all overall. Yeah. I was meaning like Saxon wise, right. um, you kind of had an off day on Saxon, but like, you know, two big event wins. And then the off day on Saxon, it's like, um, there, I mean, I'm just trying to break it down real quick. So there was like four. So basically Eric, you probably took fifth in that event. So, and then, and then I think Chaz tied you at two twenty one. Yeah. So, yeah. um, that that just goes to show, like I said, I mean, and you're you're the overall champion, but just due to the circumstances, I mean, that you can find yourself, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth place. I mean, and it it, it can shake up really quick. So I, I think it's just important to kind of point those things out because I think everybody assumes that oh well. Eric has the belt and he did this and like, he, he never has a bad day or none of these guys are ever human. And it's like, no, like he basically just posted a, a fifth place result right there. And right. I, I think, like I said, that, that goes to kind of like, uh, you know, speak to the level of competition that was there and the other people that are taking their attempts and give them their credit. But, uh, and like I said, I realize you could pull more. I, we've all probably pulled, pulled more on Saxon to some degree, but that's why you still have to have the competition. You know, yep. it's just to kind of see how these numbers play out. And uh, you brought it up too about the weight classes, Eric. I would like to just go down 
And because some of these things we're doing, and a lot of it is you guys in the top three or occasional person kind of, you know, bumping in there. Um, we'd just like to give a shout out to all the weight class winners. Um, so if we start at the 74 kg class, Jay Ripley took that class. And then at 93, Eric, you took that class and obviously the overall. Ben, you took second place overall, but first place at 105 kg. Zach, man, third place overall, but first at 120 kg. And then Bob Crop, like I said, Bob was super strong other than you know maybe some technical stuff on the little bighorn. Bob was a powerhouse and uh, Bob took the super heavyweight division and won that. So I just wanted to make sure that we mentioned all the weight class winners because it's very easy to kind of only focus on the top lifters on these things, but there are people still winning their weight classes and stuff like that. So I just wanted to, like I said, kind of at least add that in and then we can kind of get into, uh, I guess we've recapped the stats and the lifts and how those went, but I guess maybe just kind of analyze the, uh, the competition as a whole, maybe the environment, maybe the, 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 the people, the prizes, maybe other aspects of it. Um, just the experience, I guess you could say for maybe, uh, like I said, out of the you know international lifters coming in to, you know, uh, Ben, I think you knew some people that was like the first competition they've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. I had my neighbors come in. Uh, they've never done grip and, uh, uh, my buddy, Chris, uh, he might've placed last, but it's his first comp first time ever doing grip. Uh, he had a great time. Uh, I was one of a few pointers on some things and, uh, he seems like he's, going to be returning next time so that's great I'm trying to get as many people in this as we can so I Chris saw actually, uh, he helped me with some lifts yeah. <laughs> like I said I was trying to absorb whatever I could technique wise and he gave me some pointers on uh, I think both the Saxon and the little bighorn so <laughs> you know it's one of the beauties of going and competing with a group is uh, I mean everyone's so kind and generous with their time and their thoughts about you know all the lifts so can't go wrong. One thing I just noticed is that there was a lot of funny people in the room. Like it wasn't just, there was a lot of jokes, a lot of puns, a lot of dad jokes. It made the, the whole atmosphere, you know, very light and very supportive. Everyone was, I mean, that's sort of typical in group contest, but that group in particular was, I thought was really a really positive vibe. So I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah. And, and everyone got hyped up too. When you get everybody to cheer on yeah. the next, I lift in and they all were get in on it. I yeah. love that kind of stuff. That really uh, gets me motivated for the next lift. Yeah. And that's something I would bring up because I was so focused on the computer a lot of the times, trying to make sure that I was doing the math. And Eric, I, I have to thank you for kind of stepping in and taking over the last half of, you know, the ending of that competition to probably save uh, everybody an hour of watching me punch stuff in on my phone calculator. Um, so I, I have to thank you for that because that's not something that was expected of you. And that's not something you had to do. So, well, you know what, that, that led to a little project for my, my buddy, Zach evil here. He's uh he's actually automating the whole thing right now. Uh, he's at Excel okay. with, so he's uh next time we might not even have to worry about any of this. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. That'd yeah, be awesome. Working, um, it's, it should be a pretty, I'm, I'm going to try and automate it as much as possible for the end user. So I'm hopefully going to, set it up so that you're just going to have your list of competitors 
you track all the lifts and then it'll do the rest for you. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And and like I said, Eric was working Eric was working some kind of magic on the computer. He was dragging stuff. Things were turning different colors. And <laughs> next thing I know, like everything was like in the proper place. And I'm like, okay, yeah, like this dude just took like two hours off this already like extremely long competition. So um some of these competitions do run pretty long. And and this one wasn't an exception. It it, it went pretty long, but I still thought the pace was pretty good overall. So um I, 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 there wasn't like five minute intermissions and people standing around. Like I said, I mean, me sitting there at the scores table, I was pretty busy. People were taking lifts, taking attempts. And I had to kind of, okay, let me get up while Ben's getting up, you know, cause he was judging. I'm trying to take attempts while he's lifting for my warmups. That way, you know, we're on the same page. And uh, that's kind of how I was choosing some of my warmups. Um, but yeah, I, I think the pace was pretty good. The competition was long, but it's hard, you know, getting people through so many different attempts and uh, you know, I, I don't know, Eric, like I said, you've run way more competitions than me Um, from a standpoint. um, Maybe just name some improvements that you would like to see um, for next year. And and like I said, I know that that's, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, you know, or make you like have to be that guy that says something critical, but yeah, I mean, what, what would be some things that you think would maybe uh, improve things from a veteran's perspective? Well, the one thing I've noticed more and more, it will be improvement from my events as I, I, I really appreciate the fact that you had the screen with the weight. And I know it's a little detail, but most contests don't have that. It's so much better for video, for pictures, for everyone keeping track of what's going on. So I, I'm going to start doing that for my contest. So that's something I've learned from you guys. So thank you for, for doing that. Well, that, because... was, that was Jason. Uh, that, that, that was Mad Cow. So okay. um, yeah, Jason, um, I had spoke to him before the competition. He had mentioned, you know, hey, I've had a monitor for my Super Series thing. If you want me to bring it, I can. And I was like, I'm thinking about 500 things right now, man. I, right. I don't think it, I don't think it matters. And then like, it got to be like two days before, like the night before. And I was like, Hey man, can you bring that monitor? That would actually be pretty cool. And he, he pulled through, man. He brought the monitor. We kind of ran some cords and whatever else we had to do um, to make that happen. But yeah, it, it does help because everybody likes to talk and joke or do whatever you get into these convos and you know, other people are taking attempts. Next thing you know, you're like, well, how much is on the bar? And it's nice to have that screen just to look at like, hey, what's on the screen is what's loaded. And you don't have to ask a hundred times what jump it is or right. who's place. You were nationals with, with yeah. Jed's gym. Yeah. All yep. right. And it, it made things go super smooth. Yeah. And and that's that's where I got the idea from. I mean, Jason had done that for his super series, but I had seen Jed implement the monitor and set that up. So Jed doing it and then, you know, having uh, Jason being willing to bring his monitor. I was like, yeah, I, I think if we can get that going, once I had the other stuff pinned down and I wasn't worried about the other things, um, I was like, absolutely. Yeah. Let's get the monitor going. So yeah, that credit to him. Um, that was partially his idea that he brought up and it was his equipment that he brought. So um, he didn't have to do that. And it worked out. I also really liked how you, how you managed the um, 30 seconds. Like I liked your approach is that it's 30 seconds from the time that they're basically about to start lifting, not, you know, you're not, I thought it was a very fair way to do it. Usually if you don't get the weight up within the 30 seconds, the way you're doing it, you're probably not. And, you know, making it a minute rather than 30 seconds, you would have added an hour to the event. So I think 30 seconds is the way to go. So I I thought that was really well done. Yeah. I I think 30 seconds probably saved us some time because yeah, yeah, like you said, on some of these events, you get to the top end lift. Um, 
yeah, if you're not getting in the first 30 seconds or the first couple pulls, it's not like you're going to magically very, very, very few lifts. Maybe if it's some like key pinch friction type deal, but like axle lifts, Saxon lifts, it's kind of like when you give it one or two goes, that's it. Like you're very rarely are you pulling that third attempt up or something. So, um, but yeah, like I said, I, the only reason I'm asking is because I had my, my face in the screen a lot. So I didn't get to be as, uh, to be as big a part of the joking and laughing and talking and in the experience. So I was really so focused on the computer. I didn't get to kind of feel what everybody else was feeling fully. And normally I would be running around talking to 20 people and, you know, whatever, having a good time. Not that I didn't have a good time, but I was just so focused trying not to miss a certain attempt or make sure that everything was getting put in the right way. Um, that's why I would just like to hear from the competitors or somebody that didn't have a position. Um, what their perspective of the competition was. And like, I know you kind of mentioned like, you know, the energy and people being supportive or funny, but yeah. I I could uh, add to what Eric was like, seriously, I I only have good things to say about the competition guys ran. Uh, The, the trophies were really cool. They had that personal grip feel to it. You know, you had the awards for all the classes and then the overall as well. The sponsors you got, uh, the cool prizes, like the, I, I can't wait to take advantage of the, the Canon Powerworks uh, prize mm-hmm. you guys got for me. Um, you know, cool swag with the stickers and stuff. Uh, I loved the the timing of the competitors with the actual stopwatch. Thought that was great. Um, also, I think something that might be kind of overlooked here, that people could benefit from as well when they're running their own competition, is run it with a friend. You know, you guys did it together. And I'm sure that made it substantially eat, like better for you guys rather than if yeah. one of you take it all on your shoulders, you know. But you guys did a, a truly fantastic job overall. I, I thought it was great. Thank I was going to say, after, uh, after uh, two or three weeks with a newborn, Ben would have lost his mind if he had to run that by himself. <laughs> yeah. He, he would have just, he would have just like malfunctioned. <laughs> but. But no, yeah, it it definitely like if if I had to sit there at the computer, because I, I watched Jed do that at nationals. I mean, Jed was at the computer and judging all the lifts. Like whereas I had been at least to sit there and judge while I'm just handling the data entry or whatever. So yeah, it I could only imagine how much harder my life would have been if I was also responsible for calling lockout on top of everything else. Um so great advice there um and for uh for what it's worth i think uh i I had a a homemade dumbbell just for just for fun like i said i had some people that train with me that couldn't lift some of my bigger inch bells so i had like two kettlebells that were welded together with a pipe in between and i mean it's about as close to like without a foundry or something it's about as good of a baby inch dumbbell as you could get and it weighed 117 pounds but I have a, a decent amount of weights and collection of stuff that I just had no real use for it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to raffle this thing off, man. So I just threw everybody's name in this uh, little mug, shook it up. I pulled my name first and I'm like, okay, clearly I'm not keeping it. I don't want it. I don't even know why I put my own. I don't even know why my, my own, my name was in there. I'm not sure if my wife put it in there or if it was, you know, if, if I just went down the list and, you know, default put myself in there. But, uh, uh, Doug Carney. Um, I believe he's from Maryland, but I talked to Doug on the grip board and I think Doug was our only masters lifter. And, uh, 
Doug is somebody that um, competed at Maryland Strongest Hands. And from what I can tell, because Chaz was with him, um, Jed was at Maryland Strongest Hands, there's some people I've talked to. But uh, I think Doug pulled a lot higher on a lot of his lifts too. So Doug was our only master's lifter. And from the Maryland Strongest Hands to these events, Doug showed a lot of improvements. And I just would like to, you know, give him the credit there. But uh, well, I think he also got like a 30 pound PR on uh, one of his lifts. So another huge PR. Saxon. Was it yeah. Saxon? Yeah. yeah. It seemed like he had a good day. But to top the good day off, after I drew my name, that's the next name I drew out of the hat. So he walked off with a baby inch dumbbell um, or 117 pound inch dumbbell. So uh, it was cool to see Doug get that. And it's nice to know that, you know, granted, if anybody at the competition got it, I know they'd put it to good use, but it's nice to know that, you know, Doug's already messaged me on grip board a little bit talking about, you know, what he's able to do with it and how he's planning on training with it and stuff like that. So it, it's just good to see that go to like a good lifter and a good home too. So um absolutely uh, is there anything else like i said from i guess trophy I, I sponsors want, yeah. i want to mention that because i did not know there was going to be prize money uh um, oh okay so yeah. the fact that you guys had sponsors you're able to get prize money to the top three uh, that was a pleasant surprise <laughs> so so yeah, that was yeah. that that was just the icing on uh, on top so thank you very much okay yeah and uh th- that is worth mentioning um so uh west coast arm sports so that would be like will giuliani that's like the some of the west coast guys um will was our sponsor for that so most of that prize money came from him now there might have been some extra stuff that we threw in on top of that from what he had given us and that is how he wanted it split up so we honored that by making sure that there was a one two three and pound for pound best it just so happened that with the way the math worked out eric was number one and he was the pound for pound best so you walked away with like 240 bucks or something yeah basically paid for splitting splitting everything with zach that basically paid for the trip so for the gas in the hotel so it was very nice well i say and and i know there's not uh i know there's not necessarily a uh a lot of money in grip or a lot of money in the sport or big cash payouts all the time i i understand that but it is a good point that you brought that up eric because that is something that i don't know i if and this is not me like putting anybody on blast or something crazy, but if Ben with a newborn, like baby, that's like two weeks old or something. I mean, this like just happened. Like me and him run down, like I had to drive four hours to my own competition and lug a bunch of this stuff up there. If, if just like regular old Zach and Ben can put in enough effort for the athletes to get these kind of prizes and kind of, you know, do this stuff. And like I said, we had, we had sponsors. So I'm not saying like, Oh, we just did it our own out of pocket we had some help, but that also comes with kind of like reaching out within the community and having good relationships with people as well. Um, But if we're able to kind of do that stuff, I'm not trying to like put my foot down or put some pressure on the bigger organizations or the bigger people that host stuff. But I think if you want your events to be appealing or you want your events to be attractive, you have to do something that kind of brings the people in. And I'm not saying it's all about money. That's not the case either, but you know, people travel a long way to these events. They put a lot of their time into it and uh, you know, staying in hotels, gas money, getting there. So, you know, maybe it only breaks you even because you traveled so far, but I would rather have that than, 
you know, charge you a hundred dollars to be at the event and have you go in the whole three, 400 bucks and basically be like, well, yeah, I won, but I'm also, you know, I also just blew $500. Like how many times can I duplicate this this year? So it would be nice if, and I'm talking hypothetical and in the future, it would be nice if we could get to a place where maybe something like cash prizes or bigger sponsors or things like that became a little bit more normal or a little more regulated. And I understand, you know, people are doing what they can, or maybe they are trying as hard as they can to do that. But I just think, like I said, me and Ben kind of view ourselves, and I'm not going to try to speak for him. He can speak for himself, but we kind of view ourselves as like regular, just kind of like regular guys in the sport. We don't have like, you know, some promotion, some organization, there's no agenda behind anything we're doing. Like this was strictly for the lifters. This is strictly because we love the sport. And um, it's the same thing behind this show. I'm not showing bias to any one thing or this or that. I'm not even limiting myself to only interviewing grip only athletes. Like there's going to be a lot of stuff. So uh, it's, it's all for the betterment of the athletes and for the sport as a whole and the community. So like I said, if, if I don't want to sound cliche, but if me and Ben can kind of put that stuff together, with the situations we were dealing with leading up to this competition, then I hope that that kind of shows these other people that they could maybe just put a little bit more effort in or just kind of raise the bar slightly. Like I said, that's not, that's not a negative statement. That's just saying that if we can do it, you know, other people can, can do it as well. I would say you guys set a really high bar because like the moment I got home, I started searching like international competitions that I could like do some grip tourism to, you know, go travel somewhere else and compete and like everything's so far away. So I'm like, Oh no, there's no close yeah. competitions, yeah. but I might try and go to uh, Pennsylvania for, uh, for King Kong in October. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. Is that, is yeah. that going to be Jed's venue or who, who's in Pennsylvania? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but you set a high bar. So. <laughs> Sorry. I guess your love, your, your, Zach and Ben, your love for the sport really comes through both, you know, not this show, but the event, everything, everything you put into it, it's clear that you wanted to do, uh, put on something, on, put on something special. And, and it was, and I think, you know, as the word spreads, the events or any events you put on will just become bigger and bigger. So, you know, hats off to you on, on, an, on your inaugural event. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Eric, because I mean, that, like I said, I, I was surprised to even see you guys sign up. So once I started seeing names like that, I was like, whoa, okay, maybe we're on to something. Ben, uh, I, I've been rambling too much. What uh, what was going through your mind when you started seeing some of those names kind of sign up or when you started realizing like, hey, this competition's like not just five people down the street, you know? Yeah, I was getting really excited. I thought, you know, we got all these big names coming in and this comp's going to be huge. It's going to live up to the name that I'm <laughs> picking, you know? It's going to be heavy hands, so... It was great. The turnout was great. Everybody that came pulled some big numbers and uh, lived up to the expectation that I was expecting it to be. So that's all you can ask for. Yeah, so like I, I said, we... go ahead. No, I was just say like we had we had a few people kind of drop out or couldn't make it due to whatever reasons. Um, and, and yeah, and, and that happens for anything. But I think we still had a solid lineup. And I think like you guys kind of said. Once word of this gets out, I, this was just a goal that we set to kind of make this a yearly thing. We wanted to put a little more effort into it. And, you know, that way that the next year it pops up, it's kind of well, on I'll people's radar. Okay. Yeah, no, and that'll be, 
like I said, I'd love to have you come back down again. And like I said, it might not be the same venue. I don't know. That's something we have to talk about. But uh, but yeah, if I Canadians are still allowed. <laughs> what's that? If Canadians haven't been like excommunicated from the heavy hands competition. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. <laughs> not at all, not at all. Um, so uh, yeah, does anybody have any kind of closing thoughts? I'll just kind of like I said, we've covered a lot of stuff with it. I in we we, we covered all the stats. We covered the atmosphere, the prizes, the people. Um, there's really not a whole lot for me that, that I would like to cover or say, do you guys have any kind of like closing thoughts um, regarding the competition or anything else? I thought it was fun to see Ben already designing next year's logo. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Looks good. Yeah. I decided I, pretty easily. So I, <laughs> once I, I, told me, you know, we gave Zach the backdrop yeah, uh, because it had the year on it. We can't reuse it. And I was like, I got to make a new one. We can't have the year in there. So I was all over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm still looking for space in my garage for that massive uh, banner, too. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I got to like basically reorganize my whole garage so I can put this. <laughs> You'll see it on Instagram eventually. Awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I, like I said, um, Ben, I'm joking when I say this, but Ben's a psychopath. Okay, <laughs> you're talking about he knows what he knows what I'm about to bring up. Not only did this guy design a logo, this guy's trying to shoot me like almost 48 hours removed from the competition. He's already like sending me lineups for next year. I'm like, dude, I don't even want to think about what the events are. He's already got like templates laid out. He's got a new logo. I'm like, talk to me like two months from now, man. I don't even want to think about this. But that's awesome. But yeah, Ben, ben has a, a a super work ethic and uh, very on top of stuff. So yeah, funny that it's funny that you brought that up, Eric, because yeah, he was blowing my phone up with all these different lineups and implements and <laughs> I was just like, man, I don't even know what's going on right now. So, when are you going to yeah. be releasing the lineup? <laughs> um, me and Ben have a. Uh, I, I say we won't announce anything right now. Um, there's a few things that we're definitely going to change, and then there's parts of it that are going to be similar. Um, I guess with that's kind of vague, but. Um, as far as when we would announce anything, Ben, you got an idea of like when you would want to maybe just a rough time estimate? Oh, I'm not sure. Maybe December. I'm hoping we can uh, let everybody know what the implements would be. But I can say right now, and I'm saying this because I'm pretty sure Zach would be cool with it, but Andrew's axle is staying in heavy hands. We feel like that's just going to be the main implement for uh, – that contest so that one's gonna stay the other three can be up in the air we might change them all we might change just one or two but andrew's axle is here to stay you can I get rid of the saxon so. bar if you want what was that what's, what's I said, that? you can get rid of the saxon bar if you want <laughs> <laughs> i do i do think i do sort of like the idea of um you know it would be boring if annual contests always had the same events and that's Part of why part of the interest in this sport is that things change a bit, but I do like the stability, some element of stability. So I think that's really cool that this is sort of the Andrews Axel is sort of the core event, and uh, because um, I think having the same event, that's why we try to chip switch something up every year with with uh, one or two things up every year with um, King Kong because mm -hmm. you want you don't just want to see the same people at the top every year. You want to make it exciting and you know have people wondering who's going to make it to the top. So. Uh, but 
If you're going to pick one to focus on that, Andrews Axel is a pretty good one. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Says says the record holder right now. No, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that event, <laughs> uh, but no, yeah. In all seriousness, yeah. That, that that like I said, that was an event that. Uh, it, sorry to Jason Dingy if he's watching or if he watches this because uh, he said, you know, oh, you won't shut up about the two and three eighths inch axle, like what, whatever, Jason. Like it's a cool lift, man, and we're bringing it back. So um, <laughs> next year, Jason needs to show up and just lift on it. So that's that's that's, yeah. that's me calling out the big dog. He's going to pull Team Ohio number on it too. I have no doubts. No, yeah, Jason Jason's strong man. So oh, I, yeah. any lift he's going to do well. But uh, yeah, guys. Um, like I said, I I don't want to like string this out too long. So um, if anybody has any other closing thoughts, uh, let me know. If not, um, we can pretty much wrap it up because I, I think we did a pretty thorough, you know, a little bit longer than I I thought it would be, but. There's there's sometimes a lot to cover and there's a lot of little side things to bring in prizes next year's competition you know there just stuff like that you know so uh, yeah I I'm just thankful that everybody was willing to make the trip and I guess trust us like I said you know it's our first time running an event so I mean you spend nine hours in a car to people who've never ran an event fully and it's you know thank you guys for trusting us with that. And like for Jalen flying out, you know, I know he was doing stuff with the family and had vacation lined up too, but you know, flying halfway across the country to, to just do grip. And a lot of other people made, you know, multiple hour long drives and stuff like that. So just thanks everybody that trusted me and Ben to pull this off. And and, uh, we're only going to try to build upon it and make it better and try to keep it a consistent thing. Like we initially kind of set out to do. Ben, do you have anything to finish off with on that? No, you you nailed it on the head. I'm Good. thankful for everybody that came, and thank you guys for showing up and making the drive for it. That was a big commitment, so we really appreciate it. You're welcome. Right. Thank well, you. Um, and uh, like I said, I don't know when. Um, I'll try to get the recap out as soon as I can, considering the competition was, you know, about six days ago, um, just to keep it relatively close to the competition. That way it's not, like, forgotten about. So, um yeah um to anybody that watches this like i said we're gonna have recaps coming in this is the first time we've done a kind of like a four-person panel um i don't think it went too bad as far as the like talking over each other and stuff like that we kind of talked about that before we started like i hope we don't talk over each other but i think it went pretty well and uh when we get these topic discussions rolling it might be something like this but instead of uh recapping you know an event or going by the stats we might be freely speaking about any topic that's grip related. And I think the different personalities kind of, uh, I won't say colliding in like a negative way, but like colliding back and forth. I think that that will uh, probably create some interesting discussion. And I think that'll be pretty entertaining when that happens. So this was a nice time to kind of uh, get used to a four person lineup and cover this event at the same time. And like I said, this is just going to carry into future shows. So um that's kind of just what people can expect. So uh, yeah, man, I'll uh, sign off with that and let you guys go. And like I said, just everybody stay tuned. We're going to continue to knock out recaps and all the discussions, interviews, everything's going to stay on schedule. If anything, it might pick up a little bit as we get the system kind of more dialed in and everything like that. So appreciate you guys for being on here with me. And I appreciate anybody that's watching and listening. And like I said, they'll see you whatever the next episode is, that's when I'll see you. So.
I'll see you guys later. Awesome. See you guys.